everyone welcome to another episode of indian politics explained with swasti pande so this episode is called india's broken left in this episode i will be talking about the basic communist ideology the history of communism on a global scenario as well as the history of communism with respect to india and why and how there was a decline in the left front of politics in india so yes keep listening left front failed miserably in the last two parliamentary elections so the question that arises is is this the end of left politics in india left communism or the communist left is the position held by the left wing of communism which criticizes the political ideas and practices the theories by marxist leninists and social democrats basically communism is a political ideology which proposes a society in which everyone shares the benefit of labor equally and eliminates the class system through redistribution of income three of the biggest names associated with the communist theory are karl marx vladimir lenin and joseph stalin so karl marx also known as the father of communism was a great german philosopher and economist he proposed the theory of communism in his communist manifesto in 1848 Now, though this manifesto did outline some basic requirements for a communist society, it did not provide any concrete instructions for setting up a communist government. Communism was first adopted in Russia after the Russian Revolution in 1917. So, when the Tsar was dethroned, Vladimir Lenin returned to Russia after being exiled for anti-Tsar plots. Lenin along with Leon Trotsky established the Bolshevik party a communist party that was staunchly opposed to the war the Bolshevik anti-war platform was popular among the russian people and lenin used this momentum to overthrow the provincial government of the tsar and took over the control of the entire country however When Lenin's Communist Party gained only 25% of the votes in 1917 elections, Lenin overturned the results and used military force to prevent democratic assembly. He established a secret police force to help the Russian Revolution and censor anti-communist newspapers and activists. Now, a military leader by the name of Joseph Stalin proposed to lenin the idea of red terror and civil war red terror proposed the idea of fighting the communist party's enemies through systematic mass terror and killing so any communist opposition was forcefully and brutally oppressed after lenin's death stalin became the unchallenged leader of the soviet union people deemed to be political enemies were imprisoned in labor camps or were deported to remote areas across the soviet union any political enemy who disagreed with stalin's ideology was executed it is said that about 1 million party members were executed from the year 1934 to 1940 under stalin's orders this is also known as the great purge which was a campaign of political repression in the soviet union now since we have a background of the communist or the left ideology in general 
let's talk about the indian left just 15 years ago the left front was the third largest alliance in india in terms of vote share with 59 out of 543 seats in the lower house of the parliament and in the last parliamentary elections it struggled to win even five seats some have blamed this dramatically low result on the rise of right-wing politics and the Bharatiya Janta Party's successful electoral strategies. But the truth is, the Indian left has been dead for a while and the last elections only made it official and it has only itself to blame for it. The Communist Party of India or CPI was founded by M. N. Roy in 1925. M. N. Roy is believed to have been mentored personally by Lenin. M. N. Roy's CPI became the face of left politics in India with CPI focusing on mobilizing peasants and workers towards a revolutionary cause. In the early days of the freedom struggle, CPI was against the colonial rule. But in the 1940s, the Soviet Union wanted the CPI to support the British Army against Germany, which led to CPI withdrawing from the freedom struggle against the British rule. After India gained independence, however, the CPI felt the need to embrace parliamentary politics in 1952 and emerged as a viable opponent against the Congress. CPI experienced its first ever electoral success in Kerala in 1957 and gained a footing in Tripura and West Bengal after a span of two decades. However, in the global scenario, communism experienced a conflict. The Soviet Union and China had their different ideologies concerning left politics, and the Chinese, led by Mao Zedong, denounced the Russians for not leaning towards an armed struggle. The Indian left was also impacted by this ideological conflict. The internal split within the CPI manifested in the form of CPIM, where M stands for Marxist, that had a leaning towards China outweighing the CPI in parliamentary politics. In 1969, there was yet another dissent within the CPIM with a faction of radicals led by Charu Mazumdar attempting to replicate a Chinese revolution by leading violent attacks at Naxalbari in North Bengal. Now, even though this movement was crushed later on, there is no denying that a revolution leading to a Maoist movement was given birth by the communist ideology. And this Maoist movement, in turn, gave birth to Naxalism terror in India across the states of Chhattisgarh, Urissa, Jharkhand, Bihar, and Andhra Pradesh. Naxalite Maoist insurgency has been one of the biggest threats to inter India's internal security. Naxalism and Maoism is claimed to have its ties with the Communist Party of India. And according to a report on terrorism, Maoist Naxal terrorism is the main perpetrator of 26% of all terrorist incidents happening in India. Originally, the CPI had two main goals to mobilize workers and peasants and to contest elections. So, in its early days, 
The CPI supported rebellions led by workers and peasants and this also helped them win elections for the very first time in Kerala. But later on, the left front steadily moved away from the basic ideals and adopted electoral politics for the sake of staying in power. Its early electoral success was very much due to the land reforms it undertook. But these reforms did not reach everyone that they should have. The peasants, who were poorer than the average, did not benefit as much from the reforms. Gradually, the left front and its partners turned against the very people that they were supposed to protect and represent. They shut down numerous factories, evicted small business owners and street vendors in the name of beautification of cities and seized lands forcibly from farmers to sell it to the biggest capitalists of the country and thus lost the electoral support of the leftist-minded voters. This led to fraudulent vote this led to fraudulent behavior on the part of the Communist Party to secure votes in the elections, and they even used brutal force to silence dissent even when it came from the working class. In the end, the party failed to lead a constructive social and political movement while still in power. Meanwhile, the right-wing politics was rising. The Rashtriya Swayam Sevak Sangh, or the RSS, that serves as the very backbone of the Bharatiya Janata Party, was able to set up primary and secondary schools in villages and suburbs in CPM-dominated areas, and thus the right wing managed to appeal to a large section of the poor and downtrodden. Now, with all these facts and the history of communist ideology, I would leave it to you to decide whether or not the left wing still has a future in India. But I would say this, if the Indian left is ever to come back on the political scene, it will have to build itself up from its ashes. So that was about it for the fourth episode. And I may not have been able to cover the entire left-wing politics because it is quite wide. But I hope this episode was informative. Uh, for any questions and tips, you may contact me at oblivion underscore 1800, which is my Instagram handle. And stay tuned for the next episode. And until then, bye.